Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have a, a local attorney who I'm a really big fan of. Uh, not only his acumen in the courtroom, but he's one of the most stylish attorneys that uh, I have the benefit of knowing. Uh, Brian Scriven has talk, stopped by today to talk to us about his uh, his practice of law here in the Tampa Bay area, his uh, legal career, his education, kind of his story, and talk to us a little bit about what's going on uh, in the community and in the country right now. How are you doing? Hey, good, man. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Is this here. your first radio show? This is my first radio show, man. Do you feel so special? I, I feel very special, right. especially since it's you. Oh, well, there you, you go. Know, well, I mean, it's a, it's you a know, mutual admiration. I got a lot of respect today. for you, man. So, so uh, I don't know if I knew you before I moved offices over to Tampa from St. Pete. I came up as a Pinellas County State Attorney, and then I opened my practice over there on St. Pete Beach and did that for about three years before I moved to Tampa. Did you come up in Tampa or did you? Yeah, actually, I started as a prosecutor in, in Tampa um, uh, from 2003 until 2005. So, um, and I think I, I first remember you a, a little bit later than that, if, if I'm not mistaken. Well, everybody remembers my wife more than me. Well, and, yeah. And I'm I remember the guy her. that it's like, why is she with him? So that's kind of. <laughs> That's usually kind of the nexus of how people know me. Well, I did know your wife before I before I knew you. Right, so yeah, right, right. I'd heard of you though. Well, you know, yeah, well, we, we'd heard of you. That's, that's yeah. That's, well, maybe we'll talk about that. Maybe we won't. So, uh, are you a Stetson guy, or where'd you go to school? No, I, I went to University of Florida, man, for uh, for undergrad and law school. Oh wow! Oh yeah, wow! So, so is it that eleven? Uh, what's this? Yep, eleven yeah. College of Law. Oh wow! Yep. Um, and so, what years were you in law school there? So I uh, I, I started in two thousand, finished in oh three. So, okay. Yeah, so I. Uh, so you're one year after. I was 99 to 2002. So we're right okay, about the same okay, time. Okay. Yeah. Around I was the same at Stetson time. though, not at Florida. But. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then you went to undergrad at Florida. I went to undergrad at Florida. So, um, you know, I, I was a bit of an overachiever. I think in 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 like high school. So I I got like my my associate's degree in high school. Right. So I only did two years. Wow. At UF. So yeah, like I, I was there from I finished in uh, I was there from 97 to 99. I did my undergrad, and then I started. Uh, you know, started law school. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Hernando High School up in Brooksville. Is that where you grew up? That's where I grew up, man. Wow. You I don't think that? I, I don't, I, I know people who live in Hernando. I know people who work <laughs> in Hernando. I don't know if I know anybody who came up in Hernando. Well, you, 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 you know somebody. Now. How was that? I mean, man. my, my, my yeah. experience of Hernando is like <laughs> hanging out at Bell's at seven on a Friday is like a, the big thing to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, that's about it. It was checkers, man. I mean, you know. Checkers, the, Bells, the checkers parking Walmart. Lot. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was hanging out in, in, in Brooksville, man. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because like you see it now and and like it's 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 changed so much. Like uh, like now they actually have chain restaurants there. There's like a, a right. you know, like a Chili's and an Applebee's. I mean, when I was there, <laughs> there Nothing. was no such yeah. thing, you know. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. Man. Do you have siblings? Yeah, yeah, I've got an older brother. Uh, he, What's his he's name? two years older than me. His name is Herman. Um, he lives in Atlanta now. He works in finance. He uh, he actually went to USF. Okay. Um, and I've got a, a younger sister, Brittany. Uh, she is uh, she's two years younger than me, so she's like thirty nine. And uh, she uh, she actually lives in Wesley Chapel. She she works over at the VA. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so the three of you. Uh, two years between each. Yep, two years between. Okay, yep. and were you guys close growing up? Yeah, man. Yeah, we were very close. What did your parents do? 
My okay, so my my mom was a bank teller okay. uh, for uh, you know probably until I was in about high school. Uh, my dad was uh, he worked at Florida Power. Okay, uh, you know the power plant up in uh, oh, Crystal sure. River. So yeah, he was uh, you know he was. You know, I, I never knew exactly what he did. Uh, you know, I, I know that you know, during all the outages, he would always have to go in and yeah. work like all night. So hours out, dad's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, so it was good. But uh, he actually uh, quit that job. Um, I think maybe the year I graduated high school, and he became a teacher. Oh wow! So now he's uh, you know, he's still teaching. Who does uh, he teach? He he teaches at Hernando High School. He teaches. Uh, oh goodness. Like business courses oh, wow. and um, you know, like marketing uh, yeah, or economics. Well, you know, or... And I'm trying to think. It's it's like uh, you know, like computer stuff, yeah. like uh, the typing and and uh, you know, sure. business classes. He he, you know, he loves that stuff. Though. Oh, wow, I mean, it's it's. I mean, he's. And how yeah, is their health? Are they they pretty healthy still? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thank God for that, man. I mean, my you know, I and I. You know, I, I'm very blessed to have both of my parents in, in good health. So. It's a, it's definitely a, a, a something that's a transition. My my wife's kind of going through it now, and I went through it the last years before my parents passed. But yeah. where you kind of the roles reverse, where you kind of become the parent, and your parents the child. You know, like absolutely. You're having to remind them to take their medication. You're having to, you know. Look. Tell them to get off the ladder. You're having to tell them to do all these things, and oh, it only man. devolves from there. So. You know, and it, it, it's so funny, it's, it's especially with my dad, because you know he was always, you know, I, I mean, my dad. I mean, I've got the most respect for him. I mean, he he is the definition, you know, of, of what a man should be. You know, um, you know, he's always worked hard, like his whole life. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and now he's you know sixty sixty eight, I think, and. Um, I mean, but he still works like he's, you like know, like he's, he's 30. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, so the other day, man, um, you know, he, um, you know, it, it's summer for them. And so, so, uh, you know, he's not actually working. So like he, you know, he found some wood somewhere, you know, and, and decided to like chop up all this firewood and like drive it to my house. <laughs> you oh, <know>? wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're going to need this. I'm like, you know, that's awesome. Man, it's though. like the middle of the summer, man. Well, you know? right. But it's just like the a- fact these things, just, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a yeah. there's a there's an intangible of knowing that there's someone out there thinking about thinking your welfare. About exactly. My dad, even till the end, still would sign me up for AAA. Like, and <laughs> yeah. the only time I ever need AAA is when I don't have AAA. Yeah, as soon yeah, as I yeah. have it, I exactly. guarantee that nothing's gonna happen to my car. But <laughs> exactly. I used to love it. He would, you know, it, and my dad, like, he, he couldn't do stuff online. He would like write out a check and like send oh, it wow. to AAA and then send me the card. So. Wow. But you yeah. know that was pretty cool. So well, I mean, yeah. obviously, three successful children. So th- yeah. they both did a good job. Yeah, they. they I was blessed, man. Did you play sports at all in high school? Yeah, I played sports. I mean, I, I played football. Um, you know, early on, but uh, you know, I, I kind of found my, you know, found my my calling. I think with track. I mean, I, I was really a track guy, man. Did, what what so, what what event? I was a did sprinter. Yeah, I was a sprinter, hundred, two hundred, and so um, you know, and. At least back then, I mean, you know, track was a big deal at our school. I mean, I don't know if you, I did, I, well, I did, I did a yeah. uh, discus and shot. Okay, but yeah, I did the the, the big fat guy sports. The big that stuff. Track, yeah, <laughs> I'd sit there for the entire meet. Yeah, and just like twiddle yeah. my thumbs, and they're like, "Okay, it's time," and throw yeah. three things, and I was done. <laughs> they used to have this demoralizing event at the end where they made all the shot put in. Discus guys do a, a race. The big man relays. Yeah, it was awful. It was like you know. <laughs> yeah, I think. It was oh, I remember that. To laugh at people. I remember for, that. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, anyway, yeah, did man. you did you do that into college too, or you know, I I did not. I I had some offers from some small schools, um, but uh, you know, but uh, you know, I, I wanted to go to University of Florida. You Are know? you the so, first lawyer in the family, or um, like my immediate family? Yes. Well, uh, what, where where did that inspiration come from? You know, man. Um, you know, it's really a, a good uh, a good question. When I graduated high school. My thought was, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go be a doctor. I'm gonna go to med school, you know, right. because that's you know that's what you do that's in a small town. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know that's what everybody thinks. That's you how know, you make your parents happy. Yeah, yeah, that's how you make your parents happy. Um, you know, when I got to, uh, you know, once I got to University of Florida, I mean, and um, I guess just thinking more about you know, just being exposed, I think, to to more. And uh, you know, I, I took a uh, comparative politics class that I that I fell in love with. And, uh, Comparative politics. I, I I can put those two words together and have an idea of what that is. But what is yeah. that? Well, I mean, well, well basically, um, what we the class studied different political systems essentially okay. from around the world. So, okay. um, and and I I really got into that. Um, I uh, you know, so I, you know, my goal, you know, after taking that class is, you know, look, I, I'm gonna you know, somehow work in, in politics or policy or, you know, I, I wanted to work for the UN, you know, <laughs> I mean, was so, your family into politics? Was that something in the home you can recall hearing about or, you know, okay. So not, no, not directly. Now my dad is a pastor and okay. so he was always very involved in the community. Right. Um, so, I mean, he, while he never ran for office or anything, he was a, you know, he was a, and still is a community leader. And so, you know, he would always, um, you know, he was always very involved. He always knew, you know, the, you know, the mayor and, you know, always, um, you know, he would always, you know, speak to the people, um, you know, you know, the people in charge. Right. <laughs> yeah. Say. So, um, but, um, but, but no, I mean, um, no one was in politics. I mean, you know, voting was a big thing in my family though. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I always respected it, you know. Well, it's, you know, it's funny you brought that up because, uh, you know, with everything that's been going on, uh, there's a, a documentary that came out a few years ago on Netflix that I had started watching and never finished it, but I wanted to finish it. And I was actually yeah. watching it this morning, uh, the 13th. Did yeah, you see that? Yeah, 13th. I, I, you know, I, I've been, like you, I've been meaning to watch it, but I, I well, just, I've never gotten around funny. to it. I don't know if this is your experience, <laughs> but everybody always wants to ask me about legal shows or legal movies. It's like... <laughs> Can I just tell you the last thing I want to do after reading statutes and arguing court all day is Man. watching something about, you know. Absolutely. But, I mean, it's really, I mean, there's so much about that movie that's interesting, but, you yep. know, you know, with African-American, it, it, the, the voting rights is a very recent, yep. <laughs> I mean, in the timeline of things. And so where, where you know, some people, it's not anything that they've not ever had at their disposal. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's a big deal. So I would have to imagine that it's it's a huge deal, and, and that it, you know, it's frustrating to me. You know, when when one people don't take advantage of it, and and two, when you have people, you know, who who you know who sort of um, I, I I don't know who you, you know who. I guess when 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 we talk about like you know the situation in Georgia, you know, like like when when people complaining start complaining about you know restricting voter you know rights and stuff. I mean, that's a big deal to people. I mean, you know, like I mean, you know, I, I grew up in Brooksville. I mean, and and you know, so and I grew up with my grandparents and great grandparents and you know, great aunts and uncles. 
I mean, and and I mean, they remember, you know, not being able to vote. I mean, did they pass those stories on in your abs- family? Absolutely, did you hear that about and, that and up? that's the thing. I mean, growing up in a small community like that, I mean, it's like you, especially we Brooksville. Heard, especially Brooksville. I, now, tell me, yeah. my perception of Brooksville yeah. is kind of backwoods. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, absolutely. So, Typical Southern town, yeah. man. And so, and, and so, you know, like, you know, we grew up. I mean, you know, listening to to firsthand accounts of of things, you yeah. know. Um, and and so, I mean, like election day, like my, it was a big deal. It was almost like a, a you know, a you know, like a holiday. holiday. Yeah, I mean, every, by the way, why isn't it a holiday? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna really, yeah. Yeah. Get literal about it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so it, it was something that um, that that at least in my family and in my community, I mean, we never took for granted. That was a big deal. Well, when you look at how much was at stake to even get those rights to to achieve that, lost lives, you know, exactly. lost liberty, lost, you know, everything. I mean, it was it was all the dice were were on that, yep. and then finally, and then to have. You know, this stuff's still going on, both both the apathy or the, the inactivity of the people who have the rights, but then also just the blatant attempts to stifle exactly. those rights. It's it's amazing to me how, I use the word apathetic, like desensitized we are. Like yes, the, the, that's the word. Facebook this morning, and I'm guilty of it too, but Facebook this morning, uh, you know, the, is it Nestle or Pepsi? They're finally going to change the name of Aunt Jemima syrup. <laughs> and this is not something that on a daily basis I think about, but I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Why is that even, why is it that even, like it doesn't even occur to me, but it's yeah. all just right yeah. there and has been there so long that you lose it in the the background. Exactly. You know, uh, you know, the Redskins football team. That, exactly. Uh, you know, I, we could probably rattle off a list of just all sorts of stuff, but, um, you know, they, they should, if you go on Facebook today, they show the history of Aunt Jemima and yeah. it started off. I mean, it's still offensive, but when it started off, I mean, it was clearly like a minstrel show on the Man. side of the syrup thing. And the, you know, it's just all this stuff. And then when they talk about the monuments, yeah. You know, uh, you know, Danny Hernandez, uh, the attorney, luckily, yeah. he posted, he posted, uh, some, I don't know if he wrote it or he wrote, reposted what someone else wrote, but it said, if someone stole your children and sold <laughs> them into slavery, where would you want the statue right. of the person to be? And it's just, yeah. you know, I, I consider myself pretty progressive, pretty liberal, but it's, it still amazes me what jumps out. Yeah. It's like, I walk past the statute every day and it doesn't bother me, I, yeah. you know, because I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I, you know, make my kids waffles every day and pour the syrup on there and it doesn't bother me because I don't think about it. But yeah. then when it's like kind of held out in front of your face and said, look at this yeah. and all of it together. I mean, is this something that you think about or does it kind of blend into the background for well, you? Well, you know or? what? And you're OK. And so. This is something that I think about, and, and this is why I, I think because you've got kids. Yeah, I've, I've got a ten-year-old. Absolutely, what your family went through. You know, absolutely. I mean, and I think because of the way I was raised and where I was raised, I mean, I was, you know, I was acutely aware of of all those symbols. You know, um, even you know, and and a lot of things that I didn't notice. I mean, the, the 
you know, Aunt Jemima thing. I mean, I you know, I I knew about that, or I I was aware of that. I mean, I know of it, but I don't. You know, it's, but but you don't think yeah. of of the symbolism behind yeah. it and things like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I, I was I was acutely aware of that, and I, and I think you know a lot of people. I mean, a, a lot of white people. Um, I should say, um, you know, it, you know, they don't have to think about you know symbolisms and and you know and things like that but i mean but for for a lot of black people i mean that's you know that's stuff that that we are very mindful of you know yeah so yeah well not only that but just you know i i don't know you know i remember one time i was a young state attorney over in pinellas county and i had been doing it for probably about two years i I was there for three years and by the time i was doing felony invests it would have been about two years in and uh this was the old saint pete police department they since built a new one, but I was doing St. Pete invests and, uh, I did all my invests and, uh, the parking lot was across the street and, uh, I got done with everything, got in my car and there's a light there. I know there's a light there, but for whatever reason that day, I just completely wasn't paying attention, blew through the light officer pulls over with the sirens and like, I know better than this. I get out of my car and start walking towards the cruiser. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was, I mean, I'm walking at the cruiser, waving my hands. And I mean, here I sit today talking to you. So, but I don't know if that would have been your experience or someone else's experience. And so again, you know, I don't have to think about these things and there's just a lot of stuff that I don't have to think about there. Yeah, you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and do you do? You, how old are your children? Yeah, I've got a ten-year-old and an eight-year-old. Yeah. So, do you talk to them about what's going on? Do you have you talked to them about George Floyd? You or know have you what? Talked to them about yes, and I mean, and, and you know, I mean, it's hard because I mean, they they watch the news, and I mean, they're they're a lot more. Uh, aware of what's mature going on. We yeah, they're a lot yeah. more mature. And so we did have the conversation. Well, actually, it started with the Ahmaud uh, Avery uh, shooting. Yeah. Um, you know, somehow my son managed to to watch it and, and you know, it, it traumatized him. Um, so we, we kind of had the conversation there. And then, um, you know, and then when the George Floyd situation happened, you know, we, we kind of continued the conversation. And... Um, you know, it's it's sad, man, because it's it's like I could see it in his eye. It's like a you, you see him sort of lose his innocence in, in a way. Um, and uh, you know, it really is. You know, it's really a sad thing when you you know when you have to do it. I mean, you, you know, you you want your kids to grow up Safe in a bubble, and and have and, every yeah. opportunity that Absolutely. everybody should have. Yeah, and, you know, and, and to be optimistic and and to you know to to think that you know. You know the world is going to treat them fairly as long as they do what they're supposed to do. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so we did have that conversation. Um, you know, with my son, my my daughter, you know, who's eight. She, yeah, she, yeah, she's uh, yeah, she, she's not quite there yet. I don't think so. It was kind of crazy. So uh, I don't know which way you came here, but when we moved into this neighborhood, we put a mural up on one side of the building that, at the time, I thought was a Martin Luther King quote, but have since learned wasn't. It wasn't actually him <laughs> who said that. I, I still like I still like the the theme behind it, but yeah. uh, w- something cool that's happened recently is I was contacted by an art teacher uh, from uh, one of the schools uh, up near you. I think I don't know what school okay. it is, but they're actually going to do another mural on the wall over there and uh they're gonna have a bunch of students um come in and kind of do panels of what all of this means to them Mm. and kind of how this uh 
how they process this. But the, you know, the question that, that I have is I'm, I'm trying to think, and this is a discussion that my wife and I have had is what can we do with our children to improve on, yeah. you know, cause it's going to have to happen incrementally over generations. And so, yeah. you know, one thing that I've thought of is, is, is just by the way that kind of society has set itself up, you have to proactively give them an opportunity to experience other cultures. Absolutely. And that's not something that is as easy as you might think that it is. Um, I mean, depending on where you live, but yeah. um, both, both from a faith perspective and from a yeah. racial or cultural perspective. And so, you know, that's one thing that my wife and I have tried to think about, but uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to me cause I don't know what the solution is. I mean, yeah. another thing, and this kind of will bring me back to what we were talking about. So, you wanted to be involved in government. Uh, was state yeah. attorney your first choice, or? Um, you know, yes, it actually was. Um, you know, this I this is the public defender. Yeah, yeah. You know, I and and I still believe that that prosecutors are, are you know the most powerful people in you know uh, in, you know in the judicial system for sure. Um, and so I you know I felt that I would have more of an ability, I, I think, to you know to do good as a prosecutor as opposed to a public defender here. Yeah. And was there ever periods where you felt conflicted by cases that you were asked to prosecute? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the reasons that I left, uh, oh, really? honestly, I mean, I, I'd been in felony for a little while and, and you know, I, 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 I was dealing with cases, uh, some cases that, you know, where I, quite honestly, I just didn't believe, you know, the officers. Right. Um, or, I, or I, I just had you know, issues with, you know, the types of cases that we were going after right. and the types of sentences that, that, you know, we were supposed to be asking for. Right. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that sort of led to my decision to le to leave the office. A little bit but of disenfranchisement. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Well, that, that, again, in that documentary, you know, the, the title of it comes from the 13th Amendment, which abolishes slavery, but there's a carve out in there that says, except for... <laughs> criminals and so yep. that gave an entry point for yep. uh whoever's writing the laws to determine what is criminal Absolutely. who is criminal and you know you you mentioned what sort of sentences and at one point you got like three times as much time for crack cocaine as you did yep. for powder cocaine and all the studies suggested that crack cocaine was an epidemic in the inner cities and powder cocaine was an yep. epidemic with the more affluent so yeah. it was kind of a backdoor yeah, way to exactly and that's the bullshit to be honest with you i mean because it's i mean that only changed very recently you yeah. know i mean you want to i mean like in in 30 or 40 years i mean you know uh, i mean how are people going to look back at, you know at, at oh, that, the, you but know? they said it's, the war on drugs was code for a war on yeah. um anti-government uh and minorities yeah and so they figured out if we can associate hippies with weed and we can yeah. associate minorities with cocaine and heroin, and so now we can call it a war on drugs. Yeah. And man, great we're branding, away, man. Yeah. We're taking away rights to vote. We're yeah. creating a work uh, indentured servitude. Yeah. You know, and it's the, the 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 whole movie starts off with the U.S. is five percent of the population, but twenty five percent of those in prison. Amazing. Yeah. And so, but, you know, you mentioned something else, the studying other governments. And there was another thing I think I saw on Facebook today, and it went through like Finland, Norway. Yeah. And it was like four deaths since 2000 that were police related. You know, just, yeah. and then 
just in like 2018 alone was like 1,004 police-related deaths. So, I mean, clearly, whether you're talking about gun violence, talking about police brutality, talking about how we imprison people, I mean, the the numbers, you know, I'm not, I know that you can get numbers to say whatever you want them to say, but those numbers are pretty, you know, irrebuttable in my my view. And it it speaks to a, a bigger issue here, so... Um, so when you left the state, did you go straight out on your own, or did you go work for somebody else? Or? No, no. So I left and uh, I went to a uh, to a small firm uh, doing um, oh goodness, family law. For, oh, you did do family yeah, law yeah, for yeah, for about three months. Yeah, so that's about <laughs> yeah, time yeah. So time yeah, that was that was enough time for me. <laughs> I'm an idiot. But yeah, you, <laughs> family you law. Figured it out quickly. You know, I, I you know, and so uh, and then after that, I went to work for an insurance defense firm. Oh, you did that too. Uh, yeah, so I did that for about a year. Um, Did you get enough of it to figure out the whole PI game? Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that and that was the plan. You know, I, I want to go and figure out how to, you know, I mean, how to how to actually try a civil. How case. to pay off your student loans? Exactly. Yeah. How to possibly how to one day maybe <laughs> <laughs> retire, be able to retire yeah. before I, before I die. Um, but yeah, so I did that for about a year. Um, uh, you know the billing hours, man. So you, you know I, I could only take that for about, right. <laughs> about a year. Right, plaintiff side you is know. much better in, in the in it, 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 exactly. So uh, and so in 2007, I I, uh, I decided to open up my own firm. So. And where's your office located? I'm on Seventh Avenue. Oh, um, so you're anywhere yeah. too? Well, well, I'm not actually anywhere. Okay. I'm just uh, just west of uh, of uh, Nebraska. So like, it's sort of like the Tampa Heights area. Now I know Madge used to have an office kind of there, and then uh, who's the other guy? Crazy guy. He does a bunch of different stuff. Uh, wrote. Cabrera. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. See near you? Yeah, yeah. No, th- see, they're actually in Ebor. Okay. They're, they're like, yeah. So I'm like, if you if you uh, cross over. Uh, uh, Nebraska on seventh, uh-huh. heading towards Florida. Sure. So like I'm I'm cl- kind of close to where the Salvation Army. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Is you know yeah. yeah yeah. So that little neighborhood you know uh, back there. And you've been there since 2007. No no I, I um I've been in that location since 2013. Okay. So yeah I I shared space with a, a buddy of mine Daryl Stringer. Okay. For uh you know for the first few years. Now are you doing both criminal defense and personal injury? Yeah. Do you do anything else? Uh, I do some dependency. Do you really? Uh, yeah, which is which is weird because uh, I, you know, for some reason I can do that. I just can't do the. For those the people divorce. listening, I'm shaking my head right now, back and forth. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do dependency. Um, the one thing I'll say about dependency is you kind of like go with the flow of traffic. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You're not getting too too creative there. You know, it's yeah. Generally, it's if you're going to terminate my client's rights, we're going to have a trial. If exactly. Not, you're going to accept the case plan, and I'm just going to be a crossing guard helping you get. So, I mean, the only thing that stinks about it is a you got to go to a million court hearings, and b you sit in that damn waiting room for hours and hours and hours waiting for your case to be. That's called. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's it. You know, eighty percent of it is is I waiting to be price called. Myself out of those cases. <laughs> you know. Smart man, yeah. So when PI, what what what's the ratio of criminal to PI? Seventy five twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah about seventy five twenty five. I mean, uh, you know, PI. You know how competitive it is. So um, so saturated for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so. You know, most of my PI just comes from my other practice areas. You know, so yeah. I, I mean, you know, my my other clients. You know, if they get in an accident or you know their family member or friend, you know, that's how I get my PI cases. I mean, I don't. I don't advertise for it. Right. Um, you know, I just kind of figured that'd be a 
fast way for me to lose a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, know? it, it, you gotta, I mean, it's, it's something that I got into kind of late too, because I, I, uh, I graduated in 2002, mm-hmm. was a prosecutor in 2005, and it wasn't until about 2013 that I started doing PI. Yeah. And for me, it was always, I, I, I had imagined that you needed this huge war chest of cash to mm-hmm. fund cases. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not not true, but it's not true either. You yeah. know, you kind of leverage one against the other. Exactly. And, you know, but uh, it's definitely an interesting world. But, you know, with the John Morgans out there, you you can't, you can't play his game. You can't play exactly. the click game. You can't play the billboard game. You can't play the television commercial exactly. game. So you gotta, in my view, and that, that's kind of what the genesis of this podcast was for me is, you've got to differentiate yourself from the pack. Absolutely. What, what is different about you from everything else? Yep. From everyone else, because uh, for years and years and years, I don't know if this is your experience. I pissed away so much money on SEO companies and website Thompson West and all these different companies. And there was no exclusivity, so they're marketing the guy across the street the exact same way they are you. And exactly. all, all that you're doing is exactly. everybody's getting the same service. Exactly. So yeah. you need to kind of go a different way. Exactly. So have you thought about that? I mean, well, are you no. involved I, in the church, or do you have communities that you're a part of? That Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. You're absolutely right, man. I think the first, you know, when I started out, I, I um, you know, I, I kind of knew that I was going to have to, you know, to to find a niche, uh, you know, a, a community to to really serve, and so I started advertising in the Florida Sentinel uh, pretty early on, mm-hmm. and you know, the Florida Sentinel, that's uh, yeah. you know, it's uh, you know, a black owned uh, newspaper in in uh, the area, and so uh, that sort of became my niche, you know, um, and so uh, so Does that's that how come I really. Up? Do you think that's a? Do you think that's something that someone looking for an attorney uh, is? Have you found that to be important to certain people? Like, do you feel that maybe they might trust you more than they would trust me or somebody else? Do you ever come across that? Uh, well, what do you mean? Like, just well, by sure, advertising? Like, like, like a, no, well, like, uh, a lot of times I'll have uh, female uh, potential clients call me and ask me okay. if I have a female attorney working here. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. A female attorney because they feel like they may get gaslighted by a male attorney. Absolutely. Or, and I think, you know... Uh, uh, Eddie Reyes, who yeah. occupies the other side of this office, he's got a huge book of clients, and a high ratio of them are Latino. Yeah. And he's, you know, there's a loyalty in that community. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, I guess that's the question I'm asking. You oh no, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I completely, you know, think that that has a lot to do with it. I mean, you know, I think especially when, I mean, honestly, most people who need a lawyer, I mean, it's something personal. I mean, it's not like buying, you know, you know. You know, you know, buying you know, house or something. Sure. I mean, you know, th- this is something personal to them, and they need you, know, you, you to want understand some, their story. Exactly. They want somebody to understand their story, and, and that kind of goes them. back to what we we're talking about with yeah. the experiences with yeah. the syrup or getting pulled over and all exactly. this other stuff. Is you're uniquely qualified to exactly identify with what this person might have gone through. Yeah. That I mean, other if people wouldn't, and, and this happens all the time. I mean, I'll get a you know, if if I get a, a client who says, "Yeah, man," I mean. Uh, you know, this officer pulls me over. Uh, he asked me to step out of the car. He asked me to search. I, t- I tell him no, and he searches anyway. Yeah. You know, and of course, you read the affidavit and it says, yeah, I got permission to search. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, Bloodshot, watery eyes, it, it, distinct exactly. odor of marijuana, orbital sway, permission exactly. to search. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I mean. I think those are already on the form. Like, it, they don't even fill that part out. It's already on there. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I think a lot of people. 
uh, you know, they, they want, I mean, they want their attorney to believe them, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, and I think they know that, hey, look, I mean, you know, you know, to I, some mean, degree I could, I could see that, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see that I could, you know, I've experienced that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I won't discount your, your experience. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. So one of the things that have come up recently, and it's kind of a, a, a it's a new concept to me, but I'm kind of buying into it a little bit is this whole defund the police mm. thing. Have you read into that or looked into that at all? You know what? Other than seeing the hashtag, it's one of those things that I that I've been saying for you know for the past few days. I really want to figure out what that means because I could get down with it. Just kind of you know the devil's in the details. I mean, what exactly does it mean? I, I don't know yet to be honest with well, you. Well, so there's a I have to find the link, but it's a uh, it's a police chief. It's a black police chief who's talking, and it says we've gotten to a point in the society where you've lost your cat. Call the police. Your son needs to is going crazy. Call the police. Your daughter's oh, addicted yeah. to drugs. Call the police. Call the police. You know we can't be a solution to all of life's problems. Mm. It's just an impossibility. And so, what I'm kind of seeing, and I don't know if I'm right or not. I, maybe it's too soon to tell. But there's a there's a connotation that it's an anti police sentiment, and I almost think it's a pro police sentiment that mm. you guys are play an important role for a specific purpose but mm-hmm. as soon as you are kind of spread so thin mm-hmm. that's when sloppiness happens that's when yeah. uh resentment happens that's where emotion factors into things that should otherwise be unemotional so yeah you know i think that you know another part of that meme was the almost in every other country you need a college degree and three years training to be a police officer. You know, that's it's so funny because my wife and I were talking about that the other day. And, you know, and she was saying, you know, I think it's too easy to become a police officer. It's like She's seven like, months of training. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I think most departments now do require college, I think. But I don't think I'm it's... I'm not sure. Yeah, well, the academy is used not, to be. Is what, uh, it's only like, what, nine months or something? I I, I don't know. It's but, the same to become a barber. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, and... I, it, absolutely. I mean, I, and I think she was absolutely right about that. I mean, it's too easy to become a, a police officer, and 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 it should be much more difficult. Uh, um, I mean, ba- you know, because of what they have to do. I yeah. mean, it's a hell of a job. I mean, and I love the police, right? I mean, and I mean, I, I think the police do a do a very important yeah. job. We need the police, which is why I, I mean, the defund the police. Again, not, I think I think it could get be away. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a great idea at the hub, but, but yeah, they need to rebrand it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> reform the police. Yeah. I mean, something like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I can totally get down with that. Um, I mean, I I think there has to be a culture change, and if that means completely, I mean, just getting rid of the whole damn thing and, and starting and over, starting over again, just rebuilding the whole thing. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's you know that's something that should be done. But I mean, something has to change. The culture is is the police culture is you know it, it's it's you know it, I mean I don't know it's 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 too far now. I mean it, it's I, and not to not to beat a dead horse, but keep going back to this movie just because yeah. I watched it this morning. But uh, you know, one of the big things is it was saying treating the drug issue as a criminal problem as opposed to a health problem. Man, look, that's. <laughs> Look, and it's funny you say that because I really feel like the, the whole idea of this war on drugs and policing. I, I mean, you know, I, I think that that's that's almost like at the root of it, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, 
Well, so you and I were talking a little bit before uh, the show. I've got, I'm going to keep it uh, as as broad and benign so that I don't you know identify. But I represent an individual, professional individual, has a good business, no prior criminal record whatsoever. Uh, drugs were found in this person's house. So obviously, this person is using, but there's no evidence to suggest that they're selling. And right now, what this person's looking at, as you know, with the trafficking, is is okay. prison time a felony conviction, a loss of civil rights, and pretty steep, severe financial uh, fines being put on them. And it's like, so let's get this person treated, have them stop using drugs, but do we send them down a path that they can't recover from? Absolutely. You know, and so I just have a hard time with that. Uh, And in, in a lot of ways, that's I think my reasoning for leaving the state was the same. I mean, I've always been liberal, and, and Pinellas County is anybody who's practiced yeah. <laughs> in Pinellas County knows that's a very conservative office. So yeah. politically, I didn't really align with that office too well. So I was happy to kind of be out on my own from there. But you find yourself in these positions as a prosecutor where it's like, come on, you know, like, exactly. is this really the best use of time and resources? Absolutely. So anyway. No, absolutely. I mean, and... and you know the minimum mandatories. I mean, they've got to go. I mean, it, it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, you know, the, you know, we really need to to change the way I th- we look at at you know this drug problem. I mean, and again, I don't know the statistics, but I mean, I've heard that you know in other countries where they treat you know uh, you know drugs as a health issue and not a criminal issue. I, I mean, it's it's a hell of a lot better. Well, just know. look at the prison population. Again, five well, exactly. percent of the the world's population, twenty five percent of the world's exactly. incarcerated. Yeah. If we got if we took a different spin on substance abuse, yeah. I have to imagine we would be less than twenty five percent exactly by, by a factor of at least seventy five percent. Yeah, you know, I like, know. I agree. I mean, how many of your clients would you guess the the charges are substance a drug related? Yeah. At least half. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I honestly, at least half. And if not found on them, the people who are the other half probably have issues with it. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's alcohol or <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably close to <laughs> closer to eighty percent of the well, people. I mean, most yeah. of these domestic violence cases you look at, it, you know, yep. if someone's drinking. Exactly. 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 So, anyway, well, I appreciate you coming in. Um, what do you? I, 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 I try not to get, except for Madge, get too political on uh, <laughs> on, on this. But uh, how, how are you seeing November? Do you think? Do you think we're going to get more voter turnout than we got last time around? I mean, you, you know, I mean, I, I certainly hope so. Um, you know, I, I think that you know, if this momentum continues. Um, and we're not distracted by, you know, another wave of Corona or, or something like that, then yeah, man, I, I definitely think we can see turnout kind of like, uh, you know, like in 08, you know, it's funny because, you know, so November's what four months, uh, yeah, July, August, June, September, yeah, five months October, away. four or five months away. Not really a long time no. in our life. However, what the past six months has told me is it's a lifetime. It's, exactly. How many just insane things have happened in the past six months? I mean, no, you're absolutely right. We could be at war with somebody, you know. So there could be a absolutely just insane, you know, like we're we're living in a time where the stakes are so high and the yeah, yeah. the the story changes by the minute. Absolutely. A lot of that is the media, but um, yeah, a lot of it is just the the times that we live in. So you know, people. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they're like, "Were well, you going to send your kid to school in the fall?" And it's like, 
I'm going to decide that like two days before school exactly. starts. Exactly. We never know what's going to happen. Who knows what's going to be exactly. going on between now and then. But uh, I was listening to an interview with Stacey Abrams. You know Stacey Abrams? Yeah. She's one of the potential VP uh, nods. And wow. Um, she had a lot to say about what was going on in Georgia and, mm-hmm. you know, the voters turning out and all that. But I mean, you know, the numbers, like you said, for 08 were not the numbers in 2016. And no. that's, that's, that's a big part of it. So do you think, do you think, uh, picking a, a female, uh, VP is going to do anything with that? Do you think picking an African-American VP is going to do anything with that? Do you think that that has an impact on who's turning out? I, th- I, I, I definitely think it will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's definitely symbolic. I mean, I, I think it, it you know, I, I think it shows the black community, especially that, hey, look, I mean, you know, you know, this party, the Democratic Party, I mean, we are committed to supporting the black community. And I think, you know, we need that kind of reassurance right now, More to be honest ever. with you, you More know, and, um, and, um, you know, and we need to show up in November, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to win. So, so yeah, I think that's very important. And, um, yeah. So I had my daughter Stella in, uh, 2014, 2014. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. 2014. And I was setting aside what you felt about her. I was so excited at the prospect of having my daughter as she's becoming aware of the world, knowing that the highest office in the land could be held by a woman. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily with Barack, that was done yeah. uh, on, on a racial on a racial level, but yeah. uh, on a sex, sexual level, I, I was so excited by that prospect. And to get you know the pussy grabber in office <laughs> who just multiple marriages, yeah. you know all these things. It was just so deflating to me. Yeah. I mean, setting aside qualifications, setting aside any of this other stuff, exactly. Just the like you're like you're saying the uh, message that that sends to to not just me and you but to our children because they see things on a much more binary kind of Absolutely. broad level you know yep. oh that's a woman that's a man yep. and so I think I think that stuff means something to people so I, I know that he's talked about uh, Kamala Harris talked about yeah. Stacey Abrams there's a couple others and then obviously uh, yeah it's been some talk about uh, Val Demings has a yeah Facebook right 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 yeah <laughs> you know yeah I mean and um, uh, you know, Susan Rice has popped up. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's a lot of good options there. Yeah, he's got a lot of good options. I mean, but uh, again, I think really it's mathematical that ultimately yeah. there's probably teams of people much smarter than me sitting yeah. in a room yeah. running the numbers and saying, This ticket gets this in these states, this ticket gets this in these states. Yeah. You need to win these. I mean, yeah, it sucks that it gets down to that, but it really does. Yeah. I, I, you know, I saw it when it came out, but for some reason I've become uh, fixated on the movie Moneyball. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. Uh, about how basically they turned the sport of baseball into a mathematical equation. Yeah. And I I started to have this theory that running a law practice could be done the same way. What is getting on base? It doesn't matter. You know, what, what, yeah. is, what does getting on base mean in, in yeah. the practice of law, whether it's getting this type of client or whatever yeah. the thing may be? But uh, it's a know, really good idea, Josh. We'll talk about it more because yeah. I've, 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 I've fleshed it out further. You could figure that out, man. You could, you could sell that thing. Well, I mean, I mean so uh, we'll talk about it for a minute if you want to. I mean, so. you know, I, I think that's brilliant, man. I mean, running a law practice is is very difficult. Have- yeah, I mean, it, well, you know, it, it's a challenge. I think for most lawyers because we're not business people. One hundred percent, and so. 
most of the things that you need to be an attorney, if you're not working for a law firm, you never get taught in law school. And so if we're talking about reform, I think they need to reform law school oh. too <laughs> yeah. and what they teach you. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I've come to kind of see, you know, in starting out, I didn't see there's 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 it's to be admired pro bono work and to give a, uh, give yourself a charity but there's a very big danger for young attorneys to not know what they're worth yeah. to not charge what they're worth to not collect what they're owed to give away too much time for free to leave that on the table yeah and it's very easy to paint that as an admirable thing in your mind which is fine i'm not i'm not detracting from it but it's a very dangerous slippery slope that you can get into yeah and one of the things that occurred to me at some point there was a book uh by a, a guy named robert kiyosaki who wrote this book rich dad poor dad yeah and there was a couple other books about it but it talked about uh active income versus passive income so yeah. active income is you go out you do something you get paid for it yeah passive income is somebody else is doing something or something else is doing something yeah. and you're getting paid for it. So that book, he was talking about rental properties. You know, yeah. you buy all these properties, you have people pay you rent, that's passive. You're not working every day for the money that you're getting off this. So in running the law firm, it's a lot the same way. You know, with family law, you're capped because it's time for money. So yeah. I've got yeah. 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. I exactly. can't physically work more than 24-7. And yeah. I realistically can't work that much yeah and i can the market will only bear x amount of dollars per hour exactly. i probably can't go too much higher than 400 dollars per hour yeah so 400 times 24 that's the most i can bring you're in. capped at that but yeah. that's where you get associates that's where you get paralegals that's where you get people you know yeah where you're making money off of them and if you're billing them the way that you should be you're not only paying their salary you're profiting off of yeah. them so you're this sound this doesn't sound the, the rosiest, but your 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 paralegals are like rental property. Your associates are like I don't want to turn you know a, a staff member into an inanimate object. But, yeah, yeah. You know, in a lot of ways. Now it's different with the PI because there's opportunity for windfall there. You know, exactly. You can send a letter in and get policy limits. Absolutely. You know? So that's that's why. But that's also why that's such a saturated, yeah. hard market to get in. Well, anyways, I've talked to you too much, but I appreciate you so much coming in today. Especially on short notice, uh, I think hey, it was man. a great conversation. Uh, thank you. If thank people you are looking for me. you, where? What's your website? Uh, my website is uh, www.scrivenlawfirm.com. And so. that's S C R I V E N. Yep. Okay. And uh, do you have a one eight hundred number? Do you have uh, no, yeah, eight hundred. Uh, not eight hundred okay. number. Eight one three two two six eight five two two. Okay. For those of the, you who listen to me and care about my opinion on things, I love Brian. He's amazing. Attorney, class act all the way through, great choice if you ever need a personal injury or, or criminal defense attorney. Um, thank you so much for coming by. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. All right. <laughs>